Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you were here. Before we get started, though, I want to let you know that between now and the end of the year, uh, you can take 20% off private intuitive sessions and gift certificates at karenhager.com. That's something I do at the end of every year. It's a way to just say thank you. And if you're planning ahead or if you've got gifts you want to give, please use that discount when you do that. And if you like yarn and puzzles and out of the fog, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram where I'm Fog City Psychic. So this year that we're wrapping up, 2021 brought unexpected changes and challenges to all of us. And I'm no exception to that. And my guest today is my wife, Kathy Henry. We were no exception to that, to the unexpected and the challenging this year. Kathy's here, as she always is, as we come to the end of the year. And we'll talk about some of our personal experiences with disruptive change over the last few months. And you'll also hear from Kathy on her kind of her take on how realizing what's really important can shift perspective and help shine a light on whether we're operating from fear or with love. Are you ready to meet my wife? Kathy Henry is a marketing consultant and a copywriter, community volunteer, and leader. She, to her surprise, has found herself to be the mother of two adults from a chronological perspective, at least. I think if we're measuring by ability to like get stuff in the dishwasher, I don't think those kids are grownups. I'm just saying. In 2016, Kathy co-founded Open Peaceful Heart with me. That's a community dedicated to bringing more peace and more love into our daily lives so that that can ripple out into the world and make meaningful change. You can find out more about that work that Kathy and I do together at openpeacefulheart.com. Kathy, welcome. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. I'm, I always feel Christmassy doing this. Yes, um, I feel Christmassy. <laughs> the tree is up, right? doesn't have any decorations on it, but it's up. But that's okay. So maybe those adults who used to be children, maybe they should decorate the tree. That's what Perhaps, I Perhaps, yes. So this has been one heck of a year. And I thought maybe we'd start by just looking at some of the disruption, some of the stuff that we've gone through because we started in January with the disruptive stuff. Yes, we, we started the year off with a bang. I think the whole country started the year off with a bang. Mm. So we, we all started with, um, you know, with a lot of disruption um, at the beginning of January. And then um, for us personally, about mm, probably the second week of January, um, our oldest son, who's almost 22 now wow. um so he was 21 at the time is um he he got sick and we of course assumed he had covid this was before there were any vaccines before anything and um and he had a lot of the symptoms he of course we sent him out to be tested tests were coming back negative um we were swapping food with him in the bathroom essentially <laughs> here's your meal stay away from the rest of us we love you um, don't touch us we love yeah. you but stay away from us so um and 
uh, it all sort of ended with me taking him to urgent care. Um, he was having kind of stabbing pains in his lungs at what we just assumed were, you know, some lung related at that time, what we knew about COVID really was a lot of kind of lung related issues. Um, and he went into the urgent care and about five minutes later texted me to say, they're saying I'm having a heart attack. They're coming out to get you. So they put him in an ambulance um, to dr drive the quarter mile, which is about how far it was to the hospital, yeah. because the urgent care is right next to the hospital. But they put him in an ambulance to take him to the hospital. And he was in the um, trauma unit there um, where they discovered, thankfully, that he didn't have COVID, didn't have a, was not having a heart attack. It looked like a heart attack. He had um, uh, pericarditis that was caused by some virus, which they never did figure out what virus it was. So that's really how we started off the year. Um, unfortunately, that has become recurring pericarditis that he's still struggling with even now, a year later, um, and learning how to, um, you know, how to manage that, which keeps coming up every couple of months. So that's really how we started off the year um, in January and February. So. And then in, Around March, I stopped being able to walk very yes, well. That was fun, and, um, too. That was good. Yeah, I've that, always that was been January, graceful. February. So we just go month by month. <laughs> just month by month. February, I don't know. Maybe we just, maybe we took a nap. I, I can't well, remember. Well, no, Ben was still sick in February. Yeah, he went back true. to the hospital because then his heart that's was racing. Right. And, yes. And so they wanted was, to put him in the ambulance again. But this time we'd kind of learned our lesson. We're like, no, we'll, we'll drive him the eighth of a mile or right. 20 <laughs> exactly. feet. I think you we'll can drive him across the parking lot. Right. It'll be OK. <laughs> and or walk it yourself, kid. Your heart's not that bad. Just, just walk. What's the matter right. with you? Um, it's starting in about then in the in the early spring, I started to have some kind of not great um challenges with walking and I ended up going to see um the going to see the doctor and I always I was brought up to think that if I if I just tried harder everything would be okay you know what I mean that like whatever I was experiencing in the physical body I was probably making too much of it and I should just work harder <clears throat> smile more serve more and then I'll, then I'd be fine I went to see the doctor and he's like your hips are so bad and they need to be replaced let's start three weeks from today we'll just start by replacing one of your hips and that threw all of us it threw um the family it threw the business I run and the business that you're running it just kind of threw everything up in the air and shook it because it it, that's a lot, that's a big deal. And it's a big recovery and it's a huge expense. And it's, oh my gosh, that was disorienting. I ended up having both hips replaced and now I can walk wonderfully well, still not elegant, but I can walk wonderfully well um, on my new hips, but it, boy, that shook us up this year. Yes. So that really took up the whole middle part of the year. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> Pretty much from April till Oh, you know, October, mm, you know, October. <laughs> yes, that's pretty much it. So it has been just one of those one thing after another years. And then we had the, um, you know, our, our youngest son graduated from high school in June. There was a whole prom debacle and break up oh, with his girlfriend. Yes. Which you probably have forgotten about. It's like, oh, there that happened, too. So it was yes, there was a lot going on. So what's the what's the silver lining? I mean, what do you do? in a year like this, and a lot of people have had a year like this of unrest. That's our, that's our personal stuff. That's what it's like at Karen and Kathy's house. But 
what, how do we find center or balance or humor or something when it all seems like it's just hitting you in the face repeatedly? Well, I think, it, I think humor is a big part of what you need in order to keep going. Um, and, um, uh, you know, as you know, I grew up, my mother had uh, cancer on and off the entire time I was growing up. Um, and she passed when I was young, when I was uh, 21, my mom passed. And, um, and she had had, you know, cancer for years and years and years. And just, you know, she we la- laughed about various I- issues that had come up with that. You know, there were, I remember being with her in a, um, uh, in a, in an emergency room at one time and there, and somebody behind us had some just kind of, I, I can't even repeat what the problem, the problem was actually, but it was just, you know, just, you just have to find humor in the places where you are, right. Even when yeah. you're sitting in the emergency room and you overhear some very strange thing, um, you know, you can, you can find um, some moment of levity. And I think that, that makes a big difference in how you can keep, just keep moving forward, um, keep moving forward and not have it just be complete bleak darkness, right? That, because we can't live that way. Um, and I think a lot of people have discovered that over the past, you know, during the pandemic that you really have to, first off, reorder your priorities, right? We can't have everything we want. Everything's not going to be exactly as we want it to be. Um, and that's okay. Right, it's okay. We will all survive. There are things that we thought we needed that we don't really need, and that the things that we do need, um, which are connection, that there are ways that we can create those connections. I think one of the big, um, you know, I, I feel like one of the big uh, realizations that come that has come out of the pandemic for two years here is people realizing how much they need community and how much. Um, technology can actually help to create that community. I know in the communities that I've been involved with, you know, we pre-pandemic, we had a lot of especially older people who are very technology shy and didn't want to have anything really to do with technology. And now, um, you know, now that this kind of forced us into it, um, it's created new ways for us to be together, and it's created ways for us to be together across um, space. So, for example, at our church, when we have people who are, um, uh, you know, who are maybe away for the winter or something, they wouldn't be able to come to church. Well, now you can come to church because, hey, church is on Zoom. We can all we can all see each other and um, and still be together. So it's created new ways and made people more comfortable. I think with um, with different ways different and new ways for us to be together. And I think focusing on that and family and what, you know, what is really the most important thing to you? What are, what are the most important things to do? And what are things that maybe you don't need to do? Mm. I think we're seeing a lot of that um, as well. You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Kathy Henry. You can find out more about Kathy and the work that she and I are creating together at openpeacefulheart.com. Um, I was thinking as you were saying that about how la- that the laughter, the humor, the raising the vibration doesn't mean they think my son is having a heart attack. Isn't that funny? Right. It means no. <laughs> finding that because it's not funny. It's all it's I Awful. can't describe in the, what in that the moment. Was like. It's horrifying. Oh, like, I yes. can't describe what that was like, but it does 
it is a reminder of our resilience, like laughing with your mom in the emergency room. And I know that for myself, as I was going through those surgeries and just all the wacky medical stuff I've had over the years, there's something about how when it's it's all disruptive energy like this, when there's the challenge that stepping into that humor, stepping into that higher vibration reminds me that even though I'm scared, that I am moving through this in chronological time, whatever this is I'm moving through is finite. Even though I'm scared, I can move through it and come out the other side. And I think that's part of what humor does. And it's part of what that connection piece does. Like you were talking about the people who might've been afraid of technology. My dad is 83. He FaceTimes now. He'll use Skype now. He can do a video call. Before right. the pandemic, he would never would have thought of doing that. Something he was afraid to do, he moved through it. And you you come out the other side a little bit stronger with a new skill because of it. It doesn't mean son having, they think he's having a heart attack is good or fun or that the hip thing is right. good or fun, but that you're stronger and more resilient than you know. Well, and like, for example, with your dad and, and with other older people, right? It's not that, wow, FaceTime, what a great replacement for in-person connection. However, yeah. it gives you another way to connect. So when you can't connect in person, and of course, we're, you know, two and a half hours away from him. So it's not like we can connect with him in person. You can still connect, right? You're even doing a little podcast with him, yes. right? So, um, and that's a completely new thing for him yeah. that's been introduced for him, to him. And probably you wouldn't necessarily have done that were it not for the pandemic. That's true. And it is a way, anybody who wants to look up the podcast, it's called, Hey, Did I Ever Tell You About? Um and it it's it's really some of his reminiscences about being uh, his 50 plus years of experience as a, as a newsman and someone who'd covered courts in Michigan and Indiana. Um, so it's a it's interesting stories kind of told from his um, from his perspective. It it was the pandemic, I think, kept us apart from each other in that way. But it also, you're right, it also helped us find kind of new ways of coming together. And one of the things I think about living with uncertainty and living with change is trying to stay open as much as we can to the fact that the change brings new possibility. Uh, even if in that moment we can't see what that possibility could be, we can't see any outcome other than bleakness or disorder or that that there's that there really is something going to come out of this that will be different than where we are now. That's cold comfort when they're putting your kid in the back of an ambulance Absolutely. or when they're right. Or when they're putting right. the mask on you to put you out for the surgery. Right. right. Exactly. But when you can get some distance from it, it, it can bring some perspective. I don't know. What do you think of that? Well, I think not only distance, but I think um, having, space and time, which uh, frankly for us, just because it's been one thing after another this year, I, I don't feel like I've had a ton of space and time, no. but I think what I see around me is people having um, kind of being forced to have more time, more space. And, um, and then what people are doing with that time, I think is, is really thinking about what they're doing, what their career is, what their job is. Do I really want this job? Is this what I really want to do? I mean, this is where we're seeing so much disruption yeah. in, um, in, in employment, 
in this in this country at the moment, right? Is because a lot of people have said, why should I have that? I, you know, I'm a great, I'm actually, they're kind of reassessing themselves and seeing what is great about them and also seeing about what it is that they really want, right? Because when we're going 24 seven and you're just working a gajillion hours a week and you're just going from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing to thing relentlessly, you never have time or space mm-hmm. for that. And so part of, I think, this whole reordering of um, the the relationship between employers and employees in this country is really based on the employees finally having a minute to think, why am I doing this job, right? I don't enjoy this. I don't want to do this. And so then they're going out and doing something different, um, which is exactly what people should be doing. Um, But it does cause a great deal of disruption. Um, However, I think ultimately, you know, that's not a bad thing ultimately. How do we, as we're looking at big decisions like that, do I quit my job? Do I stay or do I go? How can, how can we balance risk and reward? How can we, Yes. and maybe even like deeper than that, how can we figure out if we're acting from love or if it's our fear that's driving us? Because I, I feel just, from the way that I experience the world and the people that I talk to, I'm hearing a lot about people whose anxiety and behavior and everything is driven by fear. How can we balance our choices and evaluate our choices to try to make it so that love is driving the bus? Well, I think this risk reward balance is where, where a lot of us are now, especially, um, where we are with the pandemic, right? So we're at the point now where a lot of people have been vaccinated. Um, you know, a lot of us have had vaccines and boosters and um, and so, and yet there are still a lot of people who are not vaccinated and there are also still these variants coming up of the disease. So how do you Uh, you know, going to see family, right, which is an important thing to go do, how do you balance that risk with the reward of seeing your family? And I think that's, you know, that's one risk reward calculation that a lot of people are making. I know we've, we've been making that in our family. Oh yeah. Um, Over Thanksgiving. Yes. Over Thanksgiving and over, you know, Ben is traveling to California and we're now in a situation where our oldest son can't get a booster shot because of his pericarditis. They won't give him a booster shot. So, you know, what do you do with that? Because, and there are a lot of people in that situation who medically can't, um, can't be vaccinated and can't be protected. So, um, so there's a lot of kind of risk reward um, calculation going on. I think in terms of looking at what helps, I think in terms of looking at your job and things like that is part of learning what you really need um, in terms of what, I don't know. So I'm just thinking back of when our oldest was a baby and when I was, I had a pretty high level executive job and was working a lot. And, you know, he, we had a baby at home and I remember we were living in San Francisco at the time. And I remember flying to New York and offering someone a three day a week job um, with uh, one of our 
key uh, clients and flying home and thinking, I should be offering myself that job. Why am I not offering that job to me? I would, I want to work three days a week and be home with, you know, and then figuring out what do we really need to live on and what is, what's the most important thing. And the most important thing to me was being able to be home and have time with our son and then with, you know, later with two sons. Um, but having that family time was far more important than having the extra X amount of dollars that my job was bringing in, right? So that's part of it is making just kind of a practical calculation of what is it that I really, what is really important and uh, how do I focus on, on that? And there's that energetic calculation too. What does this cost me? energetically yes. right exactly what whatever whatever this is what does this cost me and is it energy that everything costs something so what does this cost me and is this energy i'm putting in the direction of something that serves the highest good serves my greater good serves love or am i pouring all this energy and anxiety you know i'm a giant anxiety monkey right am i pouring all this energy and anxiety into something that's just making me more fearful and that for me personally is how i balance that risk and reward part everything's going to cost me something cost me points right time points sleep points energy points money points right everything's going to cost points right am i making an investment and am I doing that consistently in the things that make my life better, that bring me more flexibility, more peace, that help me be more loving. I screw that up all the time. Like hourly, I mess that up, but it is something that I keep coming, trying to come back to as I'm deciding what's, what's really important. And I think especially because we're so, I think as a, like as a society, we are increasingly isolated from each other and increasingly in a fort that we built with all the people who thought like us throwing stones at the people in the other fort with the people who don't where the people who are that we don't think like us. Yes. We've lost that calculation of do I want to spend my energy on this? Is this creating connection or is it creating division? Yes. And that is really a, the biggest part of the risk and reward, right? Is what, and I think this is one of the things that people don't really look at carefully is what, what is what I'm doing now actually costing me? So it may look like I'm getting this big reward of either, you know, if it's, if it's a career thing, I'm, I've got this reward of prestige and this extra money and um, you know, this position, but what is it costing me to have that? And is the cost actually greater than the, than the reward? The reward may look really big, but it looks really big to other people. What does the reward look like to you? And I think that's one of the things you know, we, people get caught up in. Keep It's the keeping up with the Joneses, right? Keeping up with what you think you're supposed to do. And yeah. I think we grow up being told you know, you're supposed to go to this college, study this thing, get this job, do this, you know, there's kind of this progression that feels like gets laid out for some people um, that isn't about what they really want. It's more about how things look. And I think that's a trap that, that really we fall into as well. There's that 
piece in there about what we will allow ourselves to receive. And yes, and sometimes being open to that possibility, which I would say is the seed of intuition and healing and spiritual experience. When we're open to that possibility, I might be able to, even if my parents planned out a future for me or society told me I had to do it a certain way, or I don't know, whatever I saw on TV says I have to have this thing or think this way or buy this thing or believe this thing. When I let myself just sit with myself and embrace that possibility, it lets me connect more closely with who I really am, what I really want, and and what's important. What are the things, what are the things that matter in this? I feel like in this year, I mean, this has been just one heck of a year. And I will celebrate it and also wave goodbye to it. Bye, 2021. Right. Um, <laughs> and I will celebrate it and be grateful for it. And I'm also open to what comes in the next year. For me, it's really helped me be so much more aware that I'm alive mm-hmm. and and glad to be here with the people I love, doing work that I love in a, in a time that's so challenging. I think the important thing that you said out of that is that I will look forward to 2022, right? Yeah. Because a lot of times when we are in these constantly challenging situations, we're just, it feels like every time you turn around, it's some new, you know, what fresh heck is this, right? (laughs) (laughs) And, and so from that, one, one choice to make from that, right, is to just shut down and to just expect that everything's going to be terrible and that the next, what is the next terrible thing that's going to happen? But trying to keep ourselves centered in the present moment, right, and trying to keep ourselves having the capacity to look forward with positive expectation. And I don't mean um, BS, you know, prosperity. Pretend. Pretend, yeah. right. Uh, pretend positivity or toxic positivity, right. Yeah. Which is a, I've talked about a lot now, right. Toxic positivity. Um, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about how do you remain open to the good and open and open also to how do I take maybe this less than um, less than ideal situation and live into that in the most authentic way possible for myself and live into it the way that I need to live into it and not the way that I think someone else thinks I ought to live into it. Kathy, thank you for doing this. Sure. It's, I can't think of anyone that I would rather go into the next year with than well, you. Thank you, you too. So thank you for doing <laughs> this. That is uh, talking with Kathy Henry. And you can find out about Open Peaceful Heart, which is a free monthly guided meditation that Kathy and I host at openpeacefulheart.com. You can sign up for reminders of our free monthly gatherings, which is not me and Kathy talking. It's guided meditations that Kathy writes beautifully and that I voice. And we come together once a month for a new one of those meditations. There are lots of uh, recorded meditations on that site as well at openpeacefulheart.com. You're always welcome at karenhager.com, where you can book a private session if you're so inclined to find out about upcoming classes and events and take advantage of that holiday sale. That 20% discount on private sessions and gift certificates is available to you through the end of the year. Don't 
miss that one. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, see pictures of Santa puzzles and lovely yarn and little audio clips of the show and news about what's coming up. I am on social media. I'm Fog City Psychic there. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.